Warmest greetings, everyone, and good afternoon. Mis saludos cordiales y buenas tardes a todos. Mes salutations chaleureuses et bonjour à tous. Mes saudações calorosas y bon dia a todos. Uh, good afternoon, Miss Maria Fernandez. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you doing? I'm doing great. All right, and good afternoon, Mr. Anastas Valerio. How are you doing? I feel good. Okay, everyone, so here we are today to discuss goal number 14 of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which is life below water. Objetivo número 14 de desarrollo sostenible de las Naciones Unidas es vida submarina. Objectif numéro 14 de développement durable de Nations Unies, c'est vie aquatique. Objectif numéro 14 de développement sustentable des Nations Unies est vie dans l'eau. Right, Ms. Maria, so how would you open a discussion about this goal or how would you define it as like a goal itself? Well, as to take care of the life that we don't see pretty often, and that's the life below water. I myself am from um, a city just near the coast. So I'm so used to see the sea and the tiny fishes and sea creatures and stuff and appreciating the beauty on it and it makes me so sad to go to the beach and just see plastic and see pollution and see how we are not taking care of something that was given to us for free and we should be uh, for what we should be thankful for yeah and mr anastas yes uh i think this is a i also live by the ocean as well so This is a very personal goal for me, but I think it's uh, creating a, a less of a disconnect between the what people see as just a resource, something that we can use. We see the ocean as ours uh, and, and shifting that perspective to creating a level of respect uh, and a, a level of love for the ocean and the creatures that live within it. Yeah, and for me, the importance of this goal on um, life below water is very interesting because the planet itself is made of 70% water and 90% of the human body is also made of water. So the sustainability of human life, the ecosystem, the planet, all of us depend on life in the seas and oceans. And the Earth's global system, such as temperature, current, chemistry, ocean life, All these factors make the earth habitable for humankind. Our oceans absorb 30% of the carbon dioxide in, that we release. That's the big problem we're all facing right now with global warming is carbon dioxide emissions. After the industrial revolution started, the marine pollution had experienced an immense increase because overfishing is destroying marine life and habitats which leads to 25% increase in ocean acidification. And ocean acidification is also caused by cars, by pollution, by bad recycling and habits. So acidification of the ocean is when it becomes too, the temperatures become too harsh. The level of pH, which is the balance between when something is too, too acidic or too basic in chemistry, that kind of break 
in between the process is what causes acidification and that kills the human life, the marine life that's within the sea and the ocean itself. All right, Ms. Maria, so can you tell us about maybe how this goal affects your people's daily life in your maybe opinion or your research? Well, in my um, opinion, uh, it affects people that we don't usually get along with in the sense that we don't see them pretty often. For example, in my case, I have the, I'm very lucky to live in a, a first world country. And I've been very lucky my whole life to have the resources that I have and the opportunities that I have, but some people don't. And there are people that are living the uh, situation where where they lack water, drinkable water, and we don't focus on them. We just ignore them. The uh, big industry make, makes us, and it's easier for us to keep living and to just keep buying bottle water because you don't like your tap water or whatever and keep going on and take uh, our long showers if you don't think about them because we're uh, drinking tons of water each day I wish it but we don't really have that much water to sustain our lives in the in, in the long term but we don't see to uh, really uh, take a look at that and look at the big picture so I think that in the daily lives, I don't really see the repercussions because I'm so lucky to live where I live. But I do know that I don't see them, but they do exist, if you know what I mean. Okay. And Mr. Anastas, what do you think are the repercussions of maybe the pollution that ends up in the sea on human life, maybe the ecosystem, maybe biodiversity? Well... It's very particularly interesting because when you're there, there's so many aspects. Because if you look at it in terms of the atmospheric issues, this is creating um, because it's becoming much hotter in the ocean. Um, the currents are changing. The normal flows are being affected. So, for example, migration patterns of certain fish are completely shifting into a whole different direction. And so that's affecting people's ability to fish, um, which is, for some places that really need it is a very important economy, right? So in that aspect, that, that's affecting weather patterns are, are being affected. We're seeing hurricanes on the rise, right? Especially as water melts from the Arctic Ocean uh, or the ice melts from the Antarctica, um, we're seeing this affecting animal life we're seeing this affect human lives we're seeing the release of a potential release of diseases because of this um so so this is creating a lot of implications right and when we think about ecosystems we've talked a bit about that before it's important to remember that not just atmospherically but also in terms of the plastics the microplastics in the ocean right we're finding whales that are, have stomachs full of plastic and and things that shouldn't be there we have seagulls who end up having their stomachs expanded and and dying of starvation with a full stomach of plastic right we're having all of these repercussions um so we have to really think about the ways uh going back to our previous conversation on consumption we have to really shift um our our ways in our 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 practices, especially around consuming power, right? We see, especially in the West, we see things 
as a, as a resource. So when we see the ocean, it's our ocean, it's my ocean. And I think shifting that to, to a different perspective where this is a place that we need to respect and is, is so crucial to our lives. Um, that, that's really, really important um, to continue that energy moving forward and as well to, to work on preserving life. As well um, to touch upon is the, the a long history of oil spills. A lot of the times those things don't get reported at all. Um, we, we had a few really big ones occur every uh, few years. We always hear about maybe the, the, for example, the BP oil spill that happened in, I want to say, 2006. I might be wrong uh, about that, but it happened within the last uh, decade. Um, and it was, it, it was catastrophic. But we have oil spills that are continuing for over, over 10 years that are continuously releasing oil into the ocean and so we're we're kind of hush hush about it but these things are still happening and we're we're drastically affecting the the biodiversity of the ocean so that's my spiel on that okay and mostly i mean just everyone bringing back to people's attention how important water is water is basic we've discussed this in other goals the basic concept, the basic compound of human life, anything that exists in the world in the physical form, whether it's a table or if it's a human being or it's a plant or it's an animal, whatever it may be, it, it holds water. Nothing can physically exist. The compounds do not exist together in the forms of nature or chemistry unless water is part of it. But the problem with the planet is not that we don't have enough water because actually the water that is accessible to human beings to use for drinking is about 3%. So only we only use 3% of the water in the planet for us to consume because the rest is not fresh water, it's salty water, it's whatever it might be. But there are organisms that exist within these bodies of water, such as seas and oceans, that kind of actually support our life on land. So without life and life below water, there is no life on land. That is the funny thing about this goal, is that most oceans produce half of the biomass, um, new life on the earth. Um, oceans produce half the oxygen that we breathe. Um, oceans sustain a large scale of biodiversity. So there's so many things on the ocean that exist that we don't even know of yet. But I wonder why we go exploring planets, we go exploring Mars, we go exploring the moon. We might know of all parts of the moon, somewhere that is not habitable for human beings, but then the one thing that provides us with the most life, we are still trying to figure out what is going on there now because there are oil spills, like Mr. Ness mentioned, pollution, um, recycling sometimes is dumped into the oceans. And now is when we're finding out because these catastrophic changes in temperature are not just happening because it happened between one day or the next. This has happened between decades of pollution into the marine life and now the repercussions are that we are suffering from climate change so miss maria um can you please tell us like in your region of spain that you grew up in how is water valued well as i said i i grew up in a very um in a, in a city that loved the, the sea because it's next to the mediterranean sea and it um, it's very usual to see 
lots of uh, people selling fish on the street or just eating eating it on the beach or just enjoying the sun and everyone knows that this the core of that city is the sea itself but at the same time i've seen people polluting the sand on the beach or i've seen people throwing trash i've seen people doing stuff they shouldn't be doing on the uh, water and not really appreciating what they have and just taking it for granted and as just as mr nazi says seeing it as something that's ours that's ours to explode that's ours to just take advantage of and not see like um a connection we should connect with the ocean and we should see it for what it is is a resource yes it is but it's also mm, maybe a friend sounds silly but as you said it gives us so many things and we don't really see to be grateful for it and there's lots of life below water there's lots of creatures that are dying because of us we are killing tons of creatures because we want to i mean Um, about pollution, for example, according to the World Animal Protection, 60, yeah, it was like six, 640,000 tons of ghost equipment is dumped into the ocean each year, which is more than a ton per minute. More than, I, I think it was 1,000 whales, dolphins, seals, and even turtles are trapped into these fishing nets each year and we do that because we think we need that to survive we need to take advantage of the ocean like that to survive but we don't and we are destroying it yeah okay and um mr anastas so you've talked about repercussions of marine life and ocean life and pollution so how can you explain to us maybe some advantages that exist with cohabiting and coexisting with the seas and the oceans well i mean if there, there are so many aspects i mean even in terms i'm going to take it educationally there so much of the ocean is unexplored uh there are uh, there's so many things that we can learn so many species that we can learn from um the oldest species in the the world that older than dinosaurs right are jellyfish and they've been in the ocean for more than 650 million years. There's so many life forms existing in the ocean. We've only explored a fraction. We've only found a fraction of species within the ocean. Um, we, the known species, there's about 230,000 known species that exist of, of uh, biological creatures and things that exist in the ocean, right? But that's only a fraction. Imagine all the things that we can learn, all the things we can discover from exploring the ocean. But with caution as well, because the more we, we, we have a propensity, I would say, as humans, that when we learn about something, we tend to exploit and take advantage of it, um, especially in Western ideology. So I think really taking it um, in a way that, again, is respectful of the ocean, that we can gain something from this life. And, and also, I think, I don't want to use fear of the ocean, but we, I think, I think that is a very 
um, natural thing to have is being fearful of the ocean because there's so much uh, that we don't know about it, right? Um, but we have to respect it because it is powerful, right? The, the, no human um, can withstand um, the power of the ocean, you know, and, and yet our lives depend on it. Um, there, there's so much that we can gain just in terms of knowledge from the ocean. I, I think at the end of the day, whether it's philosophically, whether it's actual in terms of exploring the, the biodiversity and as, as well, um, just the, the, the value of having um, the most of the world's oxygen, as you mentioned, 50, more than 50% of the world's oxygen actually comes from the ocean. How the more we destroy that, the less oxygen we have. So it's just, it's, so vital to our life we we have so much to gain from it it provides every basically everything we need um in terms to grow as human beings we need to stop exploiting it and start respecting it yeah and it's really important um obviously we say the ocean is important for human life to exist and coexist um but saving the oceans is important for human life because one billion people don't have food and depend on seafood for sustenance. And we have arable land per capita is declining in developed and developing countries because maybe lack of access to water makes it dry up or ecosystems and habitats that used to exist there don't anymore because there is no water. Everything migrates towards water. If you see animals migrating in a in a desert, in a forest, in a region, is because they're mostly migrating towards water, which serves them with food also. So climate change affects rainfall patterns, which can affect regions which need water for agricultural productivity. So basically the acidification of the ocean, which is what is killing many animal life, um, on, which is part of the reduction in the pH, the pH level of the sea is called the acidity or basicity of the sea in the, um, chemistry, in the, in the subjects of chemistry. It's caused by CO2 emissions by fossil fuel industries. So um, the more we keep burning fossil fuels to run our industries or factories or businesses, the more CO2 we emit, carbon dioxide. So carbon dioxide in contact with water in chemistry creates carbonic acid. Carbonic acid changes the calcium carbonate in the ocean and breaks it down. I bring to your attention that calcium carbonate is a building block for marine life. So basically, what, how we are living to survive in the 21st century is not just affecting the land and weather temperatures that affect the land and the ocean is not affected. No, the most affected actually is the ocean because when we, when we emit CO2, it mixes with water. Why? Because there's water all around us. What does that form? Carbonic acid. And then carbonic acid is what is killing the building block of the animals and the plant species within the sea that serve us with oxygen. So we are literally slowly destroying human life and human existence and future generations for human existence because of their desire and the need to run the world on fossil fuels. Since the Industrial Revolution, um, all, of we are, all of which we are paying for now um, is destruction of the oceans, um, marine life, to climate change, to CO2 emissions, to destructive ecosystems and biodiversity. So, um, Miss Maria, I know that you live in a country or you are from a country like Spain that is very coastal. So what are the things that you learn 
How do you learn to cope in a country where you're surrounded by water? How do you think people need to learn to value maybe the water around them and see it more as a sustenance for life and less as something that is just there all the time? Well, for this, I think it's pretty interesting what um, Mr. Nassi said about we really fear what we don't know. So we fear the ocean. I remember when I was a kid that if something touched my foot, I would just run back to my mom, you know. But I didn't actually know anything about the ocean. I didn't know anything about the creatures that live in it. I didn't know that they wouldn't eat me, you know. So first, it'd be interesting to really focus on it and to really pay attention to it and learn from it. And as you said, not focus on going to another planet and see if we can find a new home, but discover something new about our own. There are tons of things that we don't know about the ocean, but when I was a kid, I didn't really pay much attention to it, and I went to it every day. And it's funny to me now that you mention it, to be honest. Like, I don't really remember anyone um, in my childhood uh, paying attention to the ocean for what it is which is something very special and it's a universe in its own and has so much potential, not like, a, not potential in a consumption way, but potential as in a discovery way. Like there are some things that, yes, they could benefit. What if we found something on the sea that could cure an illness? I don't know. Um, or just to connect and see what we find because it's it's like when you uh, meet someone new and you discover a new way of thinking, a new way of, I don't know, enjoying something. Maybe if we discover something about our oceans, we will discover something new about ourselves. Like not something uh, that's um, beneficial to us in the sense that can be eaten, for example, or can be worn, but something like fuels our souls, you know, like this um, feeling that we all belong. It's now that I, for example, for this goal, I did some research and I I was quite kind of sad because as, as I said, I lived by the TC so it's kind of sad to just see that, well, the ocean is very rich in terms of um, diversity, as we know, but more than 85% of the world's fishing grounds have been pushed beyond um, biological levels and entire populations are about to collapse. Like overuse, which is what we are doing at the moment, is a crucial um, worldwide problem. And um, it stands a very real threat to sea animals and creatures and ecosystems and even our, our environment. Like in Europe, um, about 75% of marine species have been exploited. And in the whole world, about 70% have already been dis have already disappeared or are about to disappear. Which is so scary and so sad that we're in helping and we are making th such beautiful things disappear without 
taking um, the opportunity to, to really appreciate it, you know? Yeah, and Mr. Nassar, as we're wrapping up, um, I don't know what you'd like to add. Yes, I really, really love uh, that you mentioned that 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 the you you and your mom and how you'd get scared of something touching um, your foot because it, it, I think uh, uh, historically in the way we tell stories we kind of make things the monster or the other and especially when it comes to exploitation we tend to make things. Uh, unrelatable to us personally. And I think that serves a purpose of making it easier to exploit. When we see, when we think of the ocean as monsters or things that are odd and, or things that we could not possibly relate to, then I think it becomes much easier for us to abuse it because we can't personally relate to it. And I think in that sense, we need to start to relate to the ocean, understand that it is more powerful than us because if we're all to, to go. If the ocean goes, we're all gone. If we're gone, the ocean can still be here, right? Um, I think we tend to make the monsters of the things we don't understand. But as human beings, the real monsters in a way are the, the real ones eating are, are us. So I think it's a, a reevaluation on ourselves as well as, you know, not necessarily being the superior a greater being, but or entitled, uh, or having dominion over land and and animals, but having you know to respect and coexist, um, but with with this, I think that that I really uh, thank you for bringing that point up. That just brought a lot of clarity to me personally, Miss Maria. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, and as we are ending up the podcast, I would just like to introduce to those who have not heard yet but some others might have heard about phytoplanktons i've talked about in other podcasts before and phytoplanktons are just a very interesting group of beings that exist within our fresh waters our seas and our oceans so phyto comes from the greek words meaning plant and plankton meaning wanderer so um, phytoplanktons are important in absorbing co2 and releasing oxygen they are the most vital organisms on earth. So nothing actually in existence is more important than the need for us to cohabit and coexist with phytoplanktons, not because of what they do for the sea, but, only, but also what they do for us as human beings. So phytoplanktons um, do 95% of organic matter recycling within the seas and the oceans. So as big and as vast are the lands that we have around the world, the seas and the oceans are much, much bigger. So the one filtering system for the whole planet are phytoplanktons. The ones that, the ones that have the strongest um, provision of oxygen while they take away carbon dioxide are phytoplanktons. The most vital to human life, to ecosystems, to anything and everything are phytoplanktons. So no fish can exist without phytoplanktons. What happens to non-existence of fish? Many people don't have jobs. Many people don't have food because that's the only thing accessible to them in their regions, and you have economic degradation. The funny thing is that there are chemicals within phytoplanktons that are used in cars, in cities, in homes, in fuel production. These chemicals are chemical compounds that are gone from parts of the sea, that are gone from whatever mineral it is. These also are brought to you by phytoplanktons. So oxygen provision, 50% of the oxygen on the planet, 50% are produced by these tiny phytoplanktons 
that are smaller than half the diameter of your hair. So they're so small, we cannot see them with human eyes unless they cluster into millions and billions of pieces and they look like floating algae, but they're not really algae. So the absence of phytoplanktons would be a huge global catastrophe. And that is where we're leading to right now. People need to start understanding that each goal is not just important because it exists as a goal for representation of goodness for education and gender equality and health and everything else. But each goal stands on its huge feet. Have we wondered why there's clean water and sanitation as a goal, but then there's life below water as a goal on its own because at the end of the day, they're both just talking about water. But why should the life below water matter just as much as having clean water for us to drink because of the codependency, because of the, the relation that exists between all these things? And I've learned so much about phytoplanktons, not because of what I've studied or worked in before, but because of what I'm learning from just doing research on these goals. So just before we end the podcast, if Miss Maria would like to add anything. Well, I'd like to add... Um that some, some people don't know this, I didn't even know this uh, years back, but fish are sentient beings. It's been proven that they feel pain and there are no well-being laws that regulate water. Uh, so they are hurt in so many ways that we don't seem to comprehend. So I would advise people to watch a 15-minute video on YouTube called... Um, it was called Seaspiracy, like conspiracy and sea, something like that. And another bill called Do Fish Feel Pain? Because it really opens up your eyes. And also to look into um, zero waste lifestyle and reduce plastic use and, I don't know, go to cleanups. Um, yeah, like take care of your oceans, people. All right, and Mr. Anastas, as we wrap up. Uh, just to remember the philosophy of Ubuntu, which means and translates to I am because we are. And just in the same light, uh, we are because of this ocean. We would not exist. The very basis for life, life is our ocean, right? It is theorized that we've come from and evolved from creatures that have come from water. So we must remember that moving forward and how vital this resource is for our very existence and the continuation of not just our lives, but for our life on the planet. And for that, uh, I would like to say to everyone to stay wonderful. All right, everyone. Um, I hope that we have left you with enough information about life below water and opened a discussion, not just between us, but between everyone else in your households, in your homes, at your offices, the discussion of the importance of having not just clean water to drink, but water to exist and coexist with is incredibly important. So I hope that everyone has a great weekend and we will see you on the next podcast.